listening to this song a few days ago this is from the um, old church basement album by maverick city and elevation and i was listening to it and it is such a beautiful song to tell our story of how god has changed our lives our before and after and i believe each and every one of us has a before and after and i've been wanting and i've thought about sharing my testimony with you guys with the world but I never really had, um, had I, I, I didn't know how to do it. But here we are. My name is Irene. It's been a minute. So good to be here. I thank God for life. I thank God for his faithfulness. I thank God for you people who are listening. And um, yeah, I hope you've been well. So today, I am going to share my testimony, my before and after. And um, i really like to encourage you guys to listen to that album called Church Basement. Before and After right now is maybe one of my favorite songs from there. Yeah, but let's get right into it. I hope it's not everywhere. But I also pray that it actually is an encouragement to someone out there, you know, that God can change every and anything. So I'm going to read from John chapter 4. From So John chapter 4 talks about the Samaritan woman. So it's titled, A Samaritan Woman Meets Her Messiah. Not the Messiah, but her Messiah. How personal is our God? So, um, so he, she comes to the well at the sixth hour, they say, that's noon, and she finds Jesus, and Jesus asks her for water, and then she says, but you don't have anything to draw. And so they get into this conversation, and Jesus ends up saying, well, go bring your husband. And she says, I have no husband. And then God says, you've spoken well, and tells her everything in her life and all, and, um... One thing that we need to note, in verse 38, the woman then left her water pot, went away into the city and said to the men, Come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And I noted there, um, she left with something else, yet came seeking something else. The Bible notes that she left her water pot. Remember, she had come to the well. Of course, they get water from the well. But from that portion of scripture, we see Jesus saying, you know, if you knew the person you're talking to, I'm the one from whom you drink and you can never thirst again. He's the truth. He is the God of, you know, who takes away all our thirst and our hunger for the things that we need. And for me, it interested me because many times we go to God seeking 
the things that we might not have physically or even emotionally and yet God wants to address something deeper. He wants to address something lying way underneath that we might not even know there's a void to fill. Yeah. Um, my main point that I want to make is in verse 39 and it says and many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had had come to him, they asked him to stay with him, and he answered, and so, sorry, sorry, and he stayed there two days, and many more believed because of his own word. And then verse 42 said, then they say to the woman, now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have had him, and we know that this indeed is the Christ, the Savior of the world. And indeed, at one point of our, in our lives, we might be the Samaritan woman, but then at another point, by God's grace, we are the people who say, you know, we had you, but now I believe because I have had him for myself. And um, as I share my testimony today, I really want to emphasize that um, when I was watching the Billy Graham crusade, and that's how I got accepted Christ into my life, on TV actually, you know, then I was like, oh wow, what a glorious and wonderful God. And, you know, I took a step of faith and believed in this awesome father. But then I, I, I got to spend time with him. I invited him into my life and he came and dwelt with me and changed my life. And I can boldly say that now I believe not because of what whoever is saying, but because I have had him. I have known him for myself. And indeed, he is my Christ. He is my Messiah. And he is my Savior, the Savior of my world, of Iron's world, of Unraveling Princess's world. He is my person. You know, so yeah. Anyway, let's get into it. But firstly, I think I'm going to do two parts of this. I'm definitely going to do two parts of this because it might be lengthy. Um, so my name is Irene. No, no. Well, long time ago we would start with our last name, then first name, then we came to school, and then everything changed. But my name is Irene Nanyonga Grace Nalumu. So. Those are <clears throat> all my names. When I was doing uh, P7, remember we just, uh, so there were too many names. My teacher was like, no, madam, please choose two. So I don't remember if I went back home and I told my dad and he gave me the choice or I just made the choice myself. But that's how we ended up with Irene Nanyonga. I come from a family of nine, but that family is really, really um, I wouldn't. It's not nuclear, so I am. Uh, depending on how you're counting, I am the fifth, and I am the second. <laughs> yeah. So um, come from a polygamous family, humble family. Um, my 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 mom, my mom had uh seven children and my dad had two others after my mom's death so my grandmother tells me that i have my mom's feet i don't remember her legs or her feet but it gives me comfort to know that i have something of hers yeah so my mom died when i was in primary seven and my brother my youngest little brother was not yet a year and um my dad then um there's a lot of you know stepmoms involved and all and by God's grace we came through 
and uh, I'm fast forwarding anyway. So there was a lot of harsh treatment at home. It wasn't a place where you say, this is my home. I, for one, never liked staying at home. I like being at school. And even right now, I think it's still in there. I like going to stay somewhere else. I go to my friends, my sister's places, and I'll, I'll just stay there because everyone else at school at home was in boarding and yet I was home so I had to take care of the home and do this and do that you're the one basically responsible so um, a friend told me a very very special person told me that I um, this girl but um, mentally about 40 years old <laughs> in an, a grown woman's body okay like I mean a young I'm grown mentally because I had to. Um, yeah, but because of life really and circumstance. So my dad then died in 2007. And my mom died in uh, 2000 or 1999. I don't really remember. There's no, I was about six or seven. So then my dad remarried twice. And uh, it's his second marriage when he got really ill and died. And uh, that's when most of the hell broke loose because there's a lot that was going on. Um, and this is my before. I was a very sad kid, very quiet, very angry, very bitter, very withdrawn, very selfish. I was hateful. I hated so many things around me including people that like I to a point of I blamed my father for his death and I blamed him for everything that was going wrong you know even after he had died and I'd be like you know if you didn't do this if you had seen this if you were attentive to see what was happening in life maybe we would not be here and all that um so there's a, a, a one night I was sitting in the kitchen and we had like a small very small tv up on the fridge and um, you know because my dad was sick and he wasn't working we had to leave part of the house for renting and so the space we we're living in was smaller so everything else changed so I remember this one time I was seated because I would stay up late in case he needs anything we, I would prepare it and all that before I go to bed and so I would watch Billy Graham Crusades every Sunday on LTV. I remember on LTV and yeah, one of those days Billy Graham came and he was talking about God as the father and how he loved us and he came and died and in form of man and he loves you, he loves you, he knows you. And I remember just feeling like God I need a father. I need a father right now. I really don't remember if my dad had died or before he had died. I think it was after he had died. I was like, God, I am so lonely. I am so, so sad. I don't know what to do. I feel so hopeless. I don't know if I'll even leave. There's a time... I was on the bed and we went through a lot with my last stepmom with selling property, looking outside of the house and feeling just hopeless. And I remember I went to my bed, it was a bunk bed, and I sat 
on top of my bed I was on the upper bunk and I got a knife I got a knife it wasn't sharp it was a normal knife and I put it on my stomach and then I was like God I want to die I feel sad I want to die I want to die and live this pain and live you know whatever unknown future is there because I don't think I want it my present right now is pretty terrible I remember pushing it into my stomach but I think because it wasn't sharp enough it didn't go through then after I put it down I think someone then called me so I had to go out of the bedroom and the, that's just one of the nights really where you feel like it's too much God it's too much and you see you know people that should take care of you take advantage of you um, there's a, my story is really going to be all over so sorry but um, I remember there's a time <laughs> there's a time anyway I'll, I'll just leave that but yeah so I accepted Christ and uh, that was 2008 maybe eight or seven I really don't remember very well it's been a long time so I gave my life to Christ and I remember after my dad died I was I, I went to a depression and I would lock myself in the house wake up brush shower have breakfast and sit because it was holiday he died to when that term was ending so many people at school didn't actually know that my dad had died apart from a few friends of mine who came home and that means so 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 much I had this group of girls Tendo, Joan, Daphne in St. Peter's High School oh my god I love you guys and they came and they were just with me and sat with me and um, it was encouraging so when after yeah after my dad died then i would be at home alone and there's a time i was sit so i would sit there and then i'm thinking uh what i don't know what the hell is happening but let me eat something and the time i realized that i was huge fat is i sat down on my bed and for some reason i noticed that my stomach <laughs> had folds i was like oh my god what is this like all of a sudden it just clicked and then it's like oh my god i'm so big so we went back to school for third term i think or second term and the skirt for school was so tight it was so tight and that's s2 they're like oh my god i mean you big i said no and then there's that whole struggle of self-esteem with how you look you know and um, growing up I really had loss of esteem because I was a shy girl I was a very shy girl and uh, I, I have very little <laughs> little sisters and cousins so it would be hard for me to share clothes with them my foot was long I'm size 42 size 10 US Australia uh, so I couldn't share their shoes. So every time they would say it, of course, out of maybe innocence or whatever, be like, oh my God, your foot is so big. Oh, you're so big and fat. And then somehow I would be like, well, 
that means I'm not like you. And so I'll somehow feel left out. And probably they probably don't know this, but I'd feel left out. And like I don't fit in and they don't understand me. And you know, so that led to me withdrawing a lot and going into my music. I loved to sing from when I was a very young girl. So I would be on TV and I knew all the songs was live. And you know, kids of the nineties, yes. So I'll be on TV and I'll just drown my sorrow on TV, music, TV, music, animations. And so that kind of occupied me. And the only time I would be myself or feel like I'm myself is when I'm singing. Um, yeah, so I go back to school and I'm fat and everyone is making fun of me and so that adds onto that. So I got, I told my auntie I need a bigger skirt and she made this huge skirt which I wore all through my S4. I was relatively, I'm not tall, tall, but you know, I'm above average. Well, maybe I'm average, tall. So that helped. If I was short, I think I would be like a Jerry Cano or a bubble. Anyway, so... Yeah, I go back to school and I'm thinking, okay, I go back home. My sister, my brother had to change their school. My brother's lifestyle changed into drugs and alcohol. And I really, really pray if you're listening and you have a loved one who is, you know, right now under the bondage of alcohol and drugs and that life. I really pray and hope that god you will that you will continue to stand in the gap for that person and believe for breakthrough in the name of jesus so you know i would go back home and i'm like what are we going to eat who's going to pay our tuition our school fees and you know a lot is happening so uh thankfully uh my father had left some few few property and that's how we went through school. But sometimes it would also be bad because there's all verbal artillery coming in with that money, you know. Um, so it was really hurtful. So we finished school. I had a, a, a neighbor friend, or I don't know what to call her. And she would keep me close to her. She's like, you know what, let's go here. Let's go here. Um, it's got me let's go see my friend or whoever it was and so one day I she just handed me her phone and I'm going through her phone you know looking at music and, and seeing uh, pictures and then one day I just land on this video and guess what it was a porn video yes and that was uh, maybe S3 S3 I think so remember I um I've accepted Christ at this time. But I wasn't actively walking because I was still going with my Anglican church. I didn't have sale. I didn't have a group of believers. I basically had no accountability. I had no community, you know, around me with the same beliefs. So I watched this video. like, oh my God, what did I just see? You know, what did I just see? And then I put the phone down. Then after that, I'm like, hmm, what did we just see? And... What that led to was watching more and more porn. And this went on for about a few months, really. But when <laughs> the beauty with God is that the Bible says that the Holy Spirit 
convicts us of sin. Let me just look for that scripture. Um, Holy Spirit. It's in, yeah, John 16, 8. John chapter 16, verse 8. And it says, let me just stand there very fast. It says, where am I? And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. But the Holy Spirit does convict us of sin. So all this is happening. And in my spirit, I'm like, but this is wrong. But how come I cannot stop? you know, watching it. So I would feel terrible, 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 terrible. And I thank God for that because then that led me to a place of God, I need you to deliver me. I need you to help me. And I remember I said a prayer one night and from that moment on it was uh, uh, like a, a turn of never again, you know, there was even no urge after that. There's even no temptation. There was nothing. And I thank God so much. So much. Um, yeah, and I'd just like to encourage you if you're struggling with... Well, for me, I didn't have to like seek a, a counsel for anybody. But I know that some people, you know, they're really, really in deep and it doesn't have to be porn it can be alcohol drugs it can be uh, masturbation it can be theft it can be robbery it can be all those things that we get addicted to are all lies from the enemy where the enemy just baits us with just one thing and we give in by saying yes every time he offers it but god has given us the power the the spirit of boldness but you can't above father and say that god you can do it and you can change anything so that he is able god is able to actually deliver us completely and write a new story but also seek counsel accountability um yeah and god is able to do the impossible so that ends and then still had still that bitter person very smiley and happy on the outside especially when i'm not at home but at home it would be hard for someone to believe that i'm loud or laugh out loud or i'm jolly and happy because i'd just be alone inside and then in 2009 2010 then i rededicated my life to christ so i have a friend of mine she's called brenda Crouch. We used to call her Crouch because she's very tall. <laughs> she towered over all the girls in school. So I, she would come to a total church on on Saturdays after class because we had class on Saturday. So she told me you should come. Let's go to church. And that's how I found sale. That's how I dedicated my life to Christ. That's how I was. I was generally <laughs> a good quote unquote girl. You know, but no one would know the battles I was facing, the tears I was crying at night, what my family was going through. And so I joined Rotary Church 2010. Brenda, was it 2010? 2010. And from there on, um, 
introduced god aligns our paths with this amazing person that i now call my mom and from there on there was growth and i joined the the choir i started singing i started serving and i was at campus and um i know all this is all over but when i look at my life right now i can confidently say that the person you see at church the person you see on the street is the person that you will meet at home that you will meet in the market that you will meet in the mall i traveled with the watoto choir for two years 2016 and 17 and that was such a life-changing moment for me very humbling very teaching seeing god work through my life and walking in people's lives and the lessons learned the relationships that were made the the lives that were changed for the children but also for the adults and the other people that are coming to watch the the choir i would have never dreamt in 2007 that i would be that girl that i would be where i am right now i thank god that i had so much bitterness and unforgiveness i had so much sorrow and and sadness i was so not sure of myself unsure of myself of what do i actually have to offer <laughs> the time i did something and my dad told me nigwe bakologa did some are you okay you know and that thing stayed with me i'm like but i can justify what i did so that's why it's so important for us to actually be mindful of what we say to each other because it can scar someone and can keep them stuck where they are for some time or even take them back and until they realize who they are in Christ who they are in Christ to the world you know their lives might not change much um well looks like i don't have to do two parts <laughs> two parts of this testimony but i have seen god's faithfulness there's a time we were praying at home no i i knelt down and prayed i think with my siblings and uh the time was almost midway and we hadn't paid school fees and i i knelt down and i told god god we're kindly asking our father we're asking for school fees by friday because next week we're starting exams and I kid you not those bank slips came in on Friday like we were taking them to school on Friday and I was like look at him look at god look at god how awesome is our god how faithful how true our god and yesterday we were having devotions in office and the person that was leading was like who do we know god to be and i said my father because growing up even though my dad was physically there i really had no idea <laughs> father um father so i i wanted him as a father and also my my dad dying 
left a big vacuum to be filled and God just came and fit right in and even exceeded and taught me stuff and has made me this person and I know he's even doing more and of course there's so much that I'm not sure of oh my word a lot that I'm not sure of but God is so good God is so faithful that when I look at myself there's a time I got angry and I got a, a, a piece of wood and hit the door and broke it well it wasn't a mahogany door it was like a plywood door and I broke it and it's like what did I just do? So when the people came back, they're like, who did this? I was like, I really, really have no idea. I don't know. They're like, I think it's these kids. You know, so I, that's how I survived. I had so much bitterness. I had to forgive my father years after he had died. I had to release myself from that. I had to, you know, let go of the pain. My stepmom, all that she did, you know, um, myself, had to had to know that God still has a good plan for you and you know from suicide to depression to anger to lying to porn to all that to struggling family members addictions and all that man God has literally over time it might not happen overnight sometimes it might but other things will persist and stay. But there's a there's a scripture. My mom Sheila likes sending, "Do not grow weary of doing good." I'll be like Sheila, no 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 no. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I feel like I can't do this anymore. And she just send a scripture. And the other one she likes is Philippians one sixteen of, um, oh, one sixteen says, "Where are you?" Oh sorry. One. Where are we? 616. Being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And those are my encouragements of man. I know that we come from far. My story is not yours. My pain is definitely not yours because it is relative and it applies to this person and the situation they might be in. But God is so faithful. I have seen him bring people in my life at the right time. And when he sees that I'm starting to trust and rely on people, then he will literally cut off all connections. Be like, uh, what happened? You know, and then they, that happened twice actually to me. And I was like, but God, what happens? And then he says, honey, friend, child, your dependence should be on me not on those people and those are some of the lessons that we have to learn the hard way um looking at my life right now all i can say is god is faithful god is good god is a good father today a colleague of ours at work she lost her parents and her mom who was you know, taking care of her and she's graduating today and she came and said, you know, I've taken myself through school and I haven't sold my body for money. I haven't had to beg on the street. God has done it. And she was crying and saying, God is good and God is faithful. And indeed he is. So 
my little encouragement for you is God is faithful and he's able to accomplish what he has set out to do, you know, and he has a good plan for you. And his plans for us outnumber the sand on the seashore. And even if it's just a handful, man, you can't count that. And that is how vast and immeasurable those plans are for your life. And no matter how dark it might feel right now, or hopeless, or discouraging, God is faithful. And God is good. And I pray that you will allow him to walk with you. For you to believe for yourself like we began to read in John 4. That now we believe not because of what you've told us. But because I've also experienced it and seen it. There's a time in high school I would get sick. But because you don't have money to go to hospital. I'd be like, by the way, good. Um, you're the one here. Me, I do not know what to do really. I don't have the money to go to the hospital, so you're going to heal me. And indeed he did. Strengthened the body to fight off the infections and all that. And it was only when you were almost like dying when you had to go to the hospital. But God is still faithful. When you have to like hug your pillow and cry all the tears that you can think of god is still faithful i've seen him encourage me you know when i'm thinking how am i going to do this and he just supplies all my needs encourages me when i feel very worthless and useless and he's like no you're not you're not i made you for a purpose and up to us to go to God and find out God why am I here why is this happening and I know that even when the worst comes to the worst the Bible says in Isaiah 43 I'm just going to turn there very fast that um, verse 2 or 43 says when you pass through the waters I will be with you not I might, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the, the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. He is the Lord my God, your God, your Savior, our Savior. My Father, my God, who knows me, who loves me. So whatever your testimony is, I actually just like to encourage you to share the testimony. And who is able to change lives by Jesus? Who is able to rewrite our stories afresh? No one but Jesus. Who is able to release us from the bondages that have held us back from the family things that we don't know that are not even our fault? Only Jesus can. And his word is so full of answers to so many questions that we might have. But if you're listening right now and you're not really sure where you stand with God, man, just go back to him and tell him, God, I'm, I'm back. I've come back. I need you, Lord. I need you. Come and change my life. Come and set me free. Come and renew me, oh God. 
and let me fall more and more and more and more and more in love with you because when all is said and done all we want and all we need is you our god and our father and through the tears through the pain things that we do not understand the questions that we might never get answers to on this side of eternity it is well because god is good and god is good so my before and after is that before i was simply lost and in darkness and my after is that i found jesus or rather he found me and he has changed my life and i'm so grateful for who he has been to me and continues to be and i pray that you will also experience that goodness for yourself in the name of jesus please share your testimonies share your testimonies i can be able you can send audios i can be able to share them on my podcast for people to listen to be encouraged can be a video it can be uh, an audio let's encourage each other let's win souls for christ nothing is impossible for god let's pray for each other let's hold each other up when god put in uh, um places a person on your heart to pray for you should don't know what they're going through I'm a happy person. I'm blessed. I'm sure myself for most of the time really. Yeah. That's it from today from me today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Have an amazing time. I hope this blesses you and you can go ahead and share, comment, like, whatever. I thought it was over. Yeah. God always has the last one. And the last word is us. Oh, I thought it was over.